The following is a hoop ball presentation. What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. This is Hoop Ball Grizz. I'm your host, David Williams, along with Mr. Isaac Simpson. Isaac, it's been a little bit, man. How's it going? But it has, it has been a little bit, man. I've been been busy, man. Trying to trying to sell my house right now, man. So so much so much going on, man. But uh, I'm glad to be back here on the Hoop Ball Grizz podcast and. And Grizz gonna win tonight, man. It was kind of a, a war of attrition. Uh, it did look good for three quarters, but down the stretch, Grizz uh, turned up the intensity defensively and able to make some plays and 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 won it going away one one ninety. So much wouldn't need a win, man. After tough loss in New York, a game where I mean they had the game one, just just couldn't put them away, couldn't knock couldn't knock down free throws, and just kind of shot themselves in the foot, put themselves in bad position. New York hung around, they got the overtime and. And, and, and end up winning the game, and another game gets Indiana. A tough loss on the home floor where uh, you got down big, were able to battle back, and, and just kind of imploded late and, and lost that one. So they really needed this one on the home floor. Didn't want to lose back-to-back on the home floor, so they got this one and sets up a big game on Wednesday night. Uh, Dallas lost again tonight to Philadelphia. So Grizz a one-and-a-half game back of that seventh seed, man. So it's a big, big game on National TV, 8.30 p.m. ESPN on Wednesday now. You know we're going to watch our guys, Pete and Brevin, but I'm glad that the, the eyes of the nation get to get an opportunity to see the Grizzlies as well. Yeah, yeah, that, that's uh, you know, it's it's all because of Luca Magic, and and that's fine. The more I think, the more games they get against uh, guys, you know, like the Zion and Luca, LeBron, the more eyes they get to see John ja Morant live. I think there's going to be more demand for the Grizzlies every single night that you watch a game it's not even surprising anymore but he he makes a play that is incredible every single night last night in the Pacers game it was the behind the back pass that just had the defense lost easy dunk and then tonight that insane you know he he caught the ball you know Brevin just kept going on and on he's like he (laughs) caught that behind the backboard he he caught and it, it was you know there's a ton of different angles of it. There, there was one picture I just caught right before we got on, and it was kind of a. It looked like the guy was back behind the backboard taking the shot, yeah. and it's just incredible, man, just to see like him stretching out, and it's like, okay, did he really get that down? And you know, obviously, we saw it. We saw him get it down, but the the more that the Grizzlies get on TV for whatever reason it is, the better it's going to be because I think John Moran is definitely a marketable guy and he does stuff that's exciting. And even for casual fans, that's something that's going to get them. You know, when you see the big flashy dunks or the behind the back passes, you know, the, just the, the dribble moves that he makes night in night out that shake people up. That's the kind of stuff that people want to see. And I am good with them getting as many opportunities as possible. Yeah, I agree. 100%. And go back to that dunk. There was, one angle above the backboard angle where, where it showed over the top. I mean, it's just, just nuts, man, <laughs> to see how, how the fact that he actually got up and got that one. Because sometimes you you see these lobs coming up, and you're like, there's no way he's going to get that. And, and you see it. I mean, he's like Superman going up. It's like he goes in the air sometimes, and you watch him, and it's like he gets higher. Like he gets another gear when he gets in the air. It's, it's amazing, man, to, to watch it. I, I definitely think he's a marketable guy, uh, just not here in Memphis, but – uh, around the, the, the nation and NBA, and that's something that we've never really had here. Um, and, and I'm just kind of surprised that the Grizzlies didn't get more television games. I thought after last year, we'd see a few more because uh, I think the interest in Ja is is tremendous uh, again around the league. And I think that's going to continue to grow as as the Grizzlies start winning. I think you'll get more and more. But you just kind of see kind of what they've done with Zion. New Orleans is not winning in their own TV all the time. Just kind of wish we had a few more. But again, I think it's going to come and. Jaws exciting to watch. I mean, even through some of his struggles this year, I mean, you—that's you, a guy that every night he's worth the price of missing because you just never know what you're going to see. Uh, usually, night in and night out, he has at least one play. In the last couple games, he's had two huge ones. And again, man, it's been so so much fun watching him and, and covering his team and being able to to have him here in Memphis. Uh, it, it's fun. Yeah, you know, there was one play last night. Uh, he was coming down the floor on the break, and Sabonis was in front of him. And I'm just like, oh, dude, I, before 
Jai even crossed the three-point line. I'm like, this is going to be, I just, I knew I'm, this is going to be nuts. It didn't end up being, but when you're watching the game, you're, when he has the ball in his hands, it's like, okay, at any given moment, this could be an insane yeah. once in a lifetime type play. It, it's just incredible. And so some of the stuff that he attempts gets scary, but man, when he, when he pulls it off, you know, th- this dunk tonight is a great example. You don't think that he's going to be able to get it and bring it back. And when he brings it down, man, it, it's just gets you going. It, it's, um, I can't think of a strong enough word to, uh, really explain it but just absolutely 100 percent incredible the uh the type of things that he does night in and night out yeah when when he i mean you see him get to get the rebound sometime or get a ball get ahead of steam when he goes coast to coast i mean you can't stop him from getting to the basket uh i mean it, it's especially for a guy you look at a guy he's kind of kind of slight of frame but i mean i think he's a lot he's a lot stronger than he looks um and again when he gets ahead of steam going downhill Toward the basket, you just see these plays where he just gets it and goes. I just love that because you just never, never know what's going to happen when he gets on that other end. I mean, it's sometimes you pass and he gets it back, like the the one with Kyle um, a couple games ago was was amazing. I mean, you you just again, you just never know what you're going to see. I mean, night in and night out, there's an the opportunity, like you said, to see something that you you're not going to see on a regular basis. And I mean, he's he's tremendous. Again, I mean, he's had his struggles this year, but I think once he develops that mid range game. I mean, he's going to be unstoppable. I mean, there's, you're not going to be able to guard him. Um, and I, I think when when you get Jer- a guy like Jaron Jackson Jr. back in here, it, it's going to help him tremendously. I think that's something that he's missed this year, and I think that's why some of the some of the, the struggles that we've seen this year he didn't have last year. I think I think not having Jared in there for for all of this year right now, uh, not having him in there, I think it's caused, caused some of those struggles. I think when you get him back in and acclimated, I, I think that'll help him out, and I think we'll see that more next year as well but um i mean to have a guy a button superstar like that something we've never had here man again like i said it's been really fun to watch and and watch his maturation process as he continues to grow because i I think he's going to be one of the faces of the league here in in the next several years for sure yeah yep 100 percent, man expect you know he continues to grow it's there's no limit to where i think that you're going to see over the next few years as LeBron is getting closer to retirement. And when he goes away, while the Lakers are still going to be a marketable team because of the, you know, the, the history of the franchise, when they lose him, what kind of downspell are they going to go through? You know, the, there's some guys that are getting older and things are changing. You, the Warriors struggling this year. And yeah, you know, Clay Thompson is out for injury again. Is he going to come back and be himself? This is two years in a row that he's missed. There's a lot of opportunities. You know, the, the Rockets with Harden and, and Westbrook, that they got plenty of national TV games because of those guys. And these guys are moving di- different places. And so Westbrook and Washington is not a plate. Like, they're not going to get a ton of national TV games. You know, um, Harden went to Brooklyn with two other guys that draw yeah, I mean, they were fans. And so yeah. that's just like that doesn't do anything but help the Grizzlies. And Ja is just on this trajectory that is up right now. You know, you may have kind of a plateau here and there, but it's up. And that is great for Memphis, great for the Grizzlies, and, and for him as well, you know, getting the uh get getting plenty of opportunities. I'm I'm looking forward to see where this goes from here. I, I think that the to say the sky is the limit is kind of putting uh, putting it lightly. Yeah, and, and I don't think this team is far off. This team is going to win uh, here in the sooner resident later uh, here, here in the not too distant future. I mean, you got a guy like Jaron Jackson Jr. If he can stay healthy along with Ja, I mean, they're going to continue to add pieces to this team. I mean, you see how this team is competing now without Jaron Jackson Jr. And, and guys like that. You miss. Justice Winslow, what, what do you what, for most of the year? What are you going to get from him going forward? I mean, this, this team has been able to continue to win games, and, and you're missing your one B piece. And this is, I think, the second youngest team in the NBA. Um, and for them to be competing for a playoff spot right now without Jaron, I think I don't think that gets stated enough. I think even I think we kind of talk about it here in Memphis, but nationally, I don't think that gets talked about enough. Not how this team is competing and not having a, a piece that means that much to this team with how young they are. Um, I, I think it's tremendous. I think it just shows that how bright the future is for this team. I, I think 
good today. I think there's no doubt. Barring some kind of catastrophic injury to to a couple guys or or, or something like that, I think in the next couple of years this team is going to be one of the better teams in the league, and I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah, can't disagree with you, man. Uh, Dylan Brooks, 17-7, 2-1 tonight. Uh, JV, another double-double, not quite as big as last night, 26-14 and 14 with three blocks. That makes, uh, what is that, Man, I've 39, yeah, 30 stuff, yeah. 30, 39 30 on the season, his 12th 2010 game. And I misspoke in, in a previous episode. I said he was at 19 in a row for double-doubles. That was 19 in a row, double-digit rebounding. This is his 15th consecutive game. Break Zebo's record. Zebo uh, had a 14-game stretch in 2011. And JV's 15-game stretch here is a new franchise record. So big thanks from him. You know, I had a uh, a conversation last night on Twitter with with yeah. a couple of people about uh, about his defense. And you know, here's the thing: defensive rating. I, I think that I have spoke on the show before. What I think about defensive rating. There's a lot of things that go into a defensive rating. Uh, the, the guys that you're on the floor with, there's so much that goes into one player's defensive rating that I'm not a huge fan of that stat. I don't think that it is. There's no way to, man, I, I can't, like the, the best way to say it, other than like, I don't like the stat is not strong enough, but there's not a true way to measure it. There's, you know, yeah. you, you, you watch the games and you see what goes on. And your eyes do lie to you sometimes. I get that. I understand that. But there, there are things that he does that are well above average. And there are things that he does that's well below average. And one of the very important things that he does bad is pick and roll defense. Pick and roll defense, yeah. In a playoff series, like in the regular season, does it really matter that much? Not really. You know, when you're fighting for playoff positioning, it makes a little bit of difference, but it, do, it doesn't make that much difference. But when you get into a series, and, and Indiana is a terrible, like, that's not a good one because they're not going to play them in the playoffs. But last night, what Indiana done to the Grizzlies is exactly what's going to happen in a playoff series. Their game plan was to attack JV in the pick and roll. On the other side of that was Ja Moran and JV on the pick and roll. Yeah. And that, that is why when you have two, you know, subpar defenders and a pick and roll, somebody is going to do well in that. You know, whether, whether it's the roll guy or not, somebody's going to do well. So, you know, I get that with him on the floor that the, the team defensive rating may be higher because of what he's doing. Okay you're still not going to convince me that he is a good defensive player. He is not the worst in the league, but he's not in the upper tier. He's somewhere in the middle of the road and that's okay. I can live with that with, with, with him doing, you know, 20 and 10. And what was he last night? It was something crazy like yeah, 30 and 20, 30, 20. Yeah. Something like yeah. that. So, you know, I can live with that, but don't come at me and try and convince me that he's a good <laughs> defender because the team's defensive rating is better with him on the floor. Okay, that's great. I'm glad that it is, but he's not a good defender. Yeah, and we're, that we're, facts. You know, yeah. you're going to get ripped apart if you have an elite score, someone like Karis Levert, and you have a big man that can shoot from the outside. Sabonis, Vucevic tonight. They they ended up switching. I was so happy. Yeah, when they the, switched him off. I of think Vooch that won the game Kyle. for him. Yeah, like you, he just cannot guard those guys in the post. Vooch don't want any. You you put him down inside the paint. Oh, yeah, I will let him guard any any big in the league back to the basket defensively. I'm comfortable with him, but in a pick and roll situation. Or a guard, or a a big that can shoot it from outside. I don't want him guarding him. The the you know you can go back and look at the numbers that Lamarcus Aldridge. Look at Nico Melli, which is not even close to like you know he's in the NBA, so he's a good player, but he's not an All Star caliber player. You put him up against the All Star caliber bigs that can shoot it from the outside, and they generally do good against him. Yeah, and, and like you said, defensive rating, I kind of look at it the same way as I look at 
plus minus. I mean, there's all there's so many factors that go into that because I mean, you say that the team is better defense rating wise when he's on the floor, but I mean that depends on I me mean, who, who he's on the floor with. I mean, just different. There's a lot of different things that go into that, and like you said, I mean, him and Moran are both subpar when it comes to pick and roll defense, and it's just when when you're in the playoffs, like you said, uh, teams are solely focused on you for a series, so they figure out pretty much everything that you struggle with, and they're going to exploit that. And that's definitely what would happen if the Grizzlies get in, in, into a series, uh, and, and, and especially if a team has, like you said, a, a big that can step out and shoot. I mean, it's just going to kill them. And we saw that last night against Indiana. We saw it for three quarters uh, here against Chicago tonight. I mean, te- teams have figured that out, and they I mean, the Grizzlies just couldn't stop it. I mean, Indiana just pick and roll them to death pretty much all night. Uh, the Grizzlies – Kind of made some plays there late. Kind of, kind of made it close, but that's just something that they've shown that they can't, can't stop. Uh, JV continues to drop in, in coverage, like you said, got a cover two. I thought that was hilarious. Like I laughed out loud when I read that. He's <laughs> <laughs> playing cover two defense in the NBA, but that's exactly what what yeah. you see in, in a big control with him. He does it every single time, and it's, I mean, I it's just uh, at, the, at the rim, like you said, I'll, I'll take him against anybody. He's tough at the rim, but when you put him in a pick yeah. and roll, man, it's 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 tough to watch uh, to see him and Morant because Morant can't can't guard. He usually can't guard his man one on one, and that puts him and he's not any better. It, it's it's tough to watch, man. And Indiana just ran a clinic last night, like a layup line, especially in yeah, the first half. There, there were so many, and not and I wasn't by any like I want to be clear about this part of it. I was in no way, shape, or form putting last night's loss on JV. No, I mean there was a lot PJ of McConnell, defensive issues. Doug McDermott, Malcolm Brogdon, everybody like Lavert. I guarantee you, just Brogdon, McConnell, and McDermott had seven plus easy layups at the bucket, no contest, and that was not JV's fault. There yeah. were a lot of holes in that game last night. I was just saying, just because this man dropped thirty and twenty, doesn't give him an excuse to be this bad in pick and roll. And that is, I, I realize that he's not very fleet of foot. I, I get all of that, but try something different. If it's a developmental season, try something different. If he's getting torched on this pick and roll, almost any time that he gets put in it, try something different. <laughs> and outside of, outside of that New York game, I don't know that they have, I don't know that they've tried anything with him, you know, going up and attacking that screen, you, you yeah. have, and I mentioned this last night on Twitter, you have guys that are great help defenders, Brandon Clark, Kyle Anderson, Dylan Brooks, which, you know, Dylan may be involved in that pick and roll, so he's not, but, but you know, DeAnthony Melton, when he's out there, you have guys that are good help defenders on this team. If he gets beat, if he's rushing that screen and he gets beat, allow these other guys to help. If if this turns out that it's you know it's worse, okay, then then get away from it. But a one game sample size is not enough to say, oh, well, that's not going to be effective. Yeah, I mean, I was screaming that all night last night. I was like, man, I, do something to stop the bleed. It was just over and over the same thing. They were running the same play every time and just getting to the front of the rim, wide open layups. I don't. I don't know if I've ever seen a team give up that many layups at the front of the rim, just wide open layups. Oh. They just couldn't do anything to stop. Like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, man, you got to do something different. And they just kept on, I mean, just ran a layup line. I mean, yeah. all entire first half, and I just couldn't believe it. It's, and that's, like you said, in the developmental season, you got to try different things. If they don't work, they don't work. But you have to try something. It's like beating your head against the wall. Eventually, you have to realize this This hurts. It's something, have to do something different. And, I don't know, man, but it, it and I don't and it's, I don't think there's anything that JV can do about it. Like you said, he's not fleet of foot, but I guess he could give a little bit more effort to step up. But I mean, it, it's rough, and and I was just kind of surprised that that Jenkins and the coaching staff just couldn't let it happen and go on for so long. I mean, it's and you see that with this team a lot. They things happen and they just don't seem to make adjustments um, at times. And if I'm going to give any criticism to Coach Jenkins, I think that's kind of what it is. He's kind of stubborn to a fault. He just kind of sticks with what he decides he's going to do. And even if the things go wrong, he just kind of sticks with it. And that's not just defensive assignments or anything like that. It's lineups and everything. That's just kind of 
who he's been. And I, I know this is developmental wise and maybe you want to stick to a certain plan, but I think it's sometimes you got to be more flexible than, than he has been at times. Yeah. And, and I think that we may see that a little more next year. We may see him being a little more willing to change next season whenever it's not a developmental season when this is okay. You know, we've had our developmental season. Yeah, now it's one you know, time, our, our guys are a year older. We have guys that are on expiring contracts. Let, let's win now. I'm hoping that we see him because he has made some adjustments in games that, that, that has worked well. Yeah. Well, tonight but, that, that, that switch yeah. on defense and putting uh, mm-hmm. uh, JV on to, uh, young and, and switching and putting Kyle on on Vucevic. Uh, that's that, that, and I think, and I think that's kind of what won the game for him. It kind of changed around their entire defense. Uh, kind of changed at that point, and that's why they were able to kind of clamp them down a little bit and 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 run off with a lead a little bit there late fourth quarter. So I mean, I I, I do have to give him credit for that. He has made some in game adjustments, but sometimes I just like to see him be a little bit more flexible. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, you know, I was on uh, Dan's podcast the other day, and that's one thing that I told him. I'm like, you know, he's very Jenkins is very methodical when it comes to rotations yeah. and like the times when guys are coming off the floor and this guy's, it's pretty close to the same every game. It's not exact, but there's a window there, and you could almost hang your hat on at this mark of the game, this guy's coming yeah, off the bench and going. Yeah, you know, it, barring any anything crazy, if there's nothing crazy. It's going to be at this time, this guy's coming out of the game. Yeah, it, it just, it's scary right now because you don't know if you're going to see if, is he going to continue this next year whenever it's no longer a developmental season? Is this going to stick around? Or are we going to see the improvements? Who knows? We'll just have to wait on that and wonder and be freaking out the whole time. <laughs> or I will be anyway. Uh, the Grizzlies got the win nine, only making nine threes. Before tonight's game, so we can include it in this, they were six and thirteen in games when they made less than ten threes. Tonight's win makes them seven and thirteen. I in the win streak when they were winning, they were shooting almost forty threes a game in that four game win streak, and that they've gotten away from that. Some of that may be DeAnthony Melton going down because he's been shooting the ball very well, and he was shooting. I think right around five or six threes a game. So, you know, you're, you're maybe going to see a little bit of a drop there because a guy, we got a uh, Conchar came in the lineup. Conchar is not going to be shooting that many threes. I, to me, I think Bain should step up and, and take those. Let, let him shoot them, man. He's been knocking them down all year. Let him shoot the same amount of volume that Melton is shooting. And I don't know what's going on with him that he's only shooting two or three threes a game. I think that the opportunities are there, but sometimes he just doesn't take them. And I, I, he's clearly more than just a three point shooter. We've watched him do a number of different things this year that, that have shown us that, you know, he's not just a catch and shoot guy. He can be that guy, but that's not all that he can do. So yeah, I'm okay with him attacking the basket sometimes, but there's sometimes I'm like, man, you, you catch the ball, you're wide open in the corner. You can shoot it basically not contested. Just let it fly, man. Yeah, it, it is weird uh, that, that you see him because there are times where he passes up shots and, and takes to the basket. And like you said, I mean, we've seen that he's more than a three-point shooter. Like, I, I mean, there's no doubt about that. I mean, he's made some strong drives to the basket, some slashes, and I, and I like to see that. But when he has a wide-open three, there, there should be no hesitation. I mean, the, the way that he can shoot the basketball, anytime he gets even a little bit of a clean look, he needs to let it fly. Two or three. Uh, it's just not enough three points for him, especially, like you said, when you have Melton out, a guy that was taking five or six a game. I mean, there's some three-point shots to be had, and he doesn't put them up. I w- I'd like to see him be aggressive like Grayson. Grayson got up nine tonight, four of nine from three, and I, and I would just kind of like to see Bain doing the same thing, and it's kind of weird that he doesn't do that. I don't know if the, the, he's been coached not to, to shoot because that wouldn't make any sense to me. I, I don't know if it's it's hesitation because he's a rookie and he doesn't, Feels comfortable taking those shots. I, I don't know what it is, but I'd like to see him be be a bit more aggressive. Uh, I think one thing we saw the Grizzlies had been struggling from the free throw line, but not tonight. Didn't take many. They only shot fourteen, but twelve or fourteen from the free throw line for eighty five point seven percent. So that was that was nice to see um, tonight. Uh, what did Job Moran do? Three or four from the free throw line. He had been kind of struggling there. You like to see him get to the line more, but three or four from the free throw line is 
is really good for him. Uh, and, I mean, it's just a, a, a win that they had to have. Um, and it sets up a big game on Wednesday night with the Mavericks losing tonight. Grizzlies a game and a half behind Dallas for that seven seed. Now, I know we have that that, that big seven-game road trip coming up, and I kind of t- t- kind of touted this game has possibly been a big one coming up on Wednesday night. I had some Dallas fans say, well, well you guys have a seven-game road trip coming up. There's no way you're going to keep up. But, I mean, if again, win the game, you get a half game back, who knows what could happen. I think the Grizzlies can continue to trade water. I think I said three and four would be, I think, tremendous for this team if they could win three of those three of those seven games. I think that would be tremendous in, in Tread Water because Dallas has some games, some losable games coming up as well. So you just never know what's going to happen. But it, I think it sets up a, a big game on Wednesday night. I'm, ex, I'm excited about it. The Mavericks have been struggling a little bit. They've lost two in a row. Uh, they'll come in Memphis, loses them two in a row. So big opportunity for the Grizzlies on the home floor to, to get it to, to, to the half a game of seven because you get in seven, uh, and, and that puts you in a, a much better position than to play in. Oh yeah, yep, a hundred percent. And that's if this season has shown us anything, you can't count the Grizzlies out of any of the games. Yeah, this seven-game road trip is the toughest part of their schedule, but they're capable of beating any of these teams. They right before the All Star break, they're playing with the Bucks. They come out of the All Star break playing well. You know, they beat a Miami team that was in the finals last year. Miami yeah. is, you know. Maybe not quite the same team this year that they were last year. They they got hot and the bubble played well, and I think a lot of people are sleeping on them. You know, in in the East, once they uh, they get this figured out, adding Oladipo to that lineup just gives them a layer of depth. From you know, you've got uh, you know Hero now, which I think that he's basically came off the bench all year, but you know you've got him in a role against backups that uh, you know that's pretty favorable for him. Uh, that's that team is a good team still, even though they're not playing at the same level that they were last year. I, I think that they're still going to be uh, be tough in the East. So the Grizzlies, any given day, it, it's you know these guys are all professional. Any given Sunday, basically. Yeah, definitely another game. The Denver game was a game that the Grizzlies had a great opportunity to win on the home floor. So I mean, they've stepped up against better teams, and they've really played well on the road as of late too. That's something that you, you, you kind of throw in there. They, lately, they've been better on the road than they've been at home. These games at home have kind of been a struggle, um, and they just seem to, to, to come together like this us-against-the-world mentality on the road And because they had an opportunity to go 4-0 on that road trip. Man, that Knicks game, God, I mean, you kind of look back at this season, and I think you kind of put that one in the, the same line as that Cleveland game, that the OKC lost, the Warriors lost. I think that, that goes into that same category, a game that they should have won, man, could have went 4-0 on that trip, and I think, you, then you you follow that up with the loss against the Pacers, and, and that that made it kind of tough because they were kind of building some goodwill and kind of stacking some wins together going into this seven game trip, and that's the one that you really wish you'd like to have back, and just couldn't make make free throws. I mean, even guys DB was missing them. I think Bain stepped to the line one time and missed both. It was just uncharacteristic uh, of them, and I, I just had a feeling that entire game. And late in that game, in the fourth quarter, I was like, they're gonna they're gonna lose this game because there's just so many self-inflicted wounds, I felt like Carmel would come back to get them, and, and that's exactly what happened. When they went to overtime, I was like, Knicks are going to end up winning this game, and and that's what happened, and they came out kind of lackluster against Indiana. Are you hoping they came out with a little bit more fire than they were able to battle back, but just imploded a couple plays in a row down the stretch and ended up dropping that one, but got back on, uh, went on the home floor tonight, and and, and, and things okay, because I think going 3-1 and one on that road trip is, I think, better than, than most expected, so that Gave them a little leeway to kind of drop a couple, so I think I think they're fine. Uh, they got the one tonight. Didn't look like it was going to be that way for three quarters, but able to get the win tonight, and again sets up a big game on Wednesday uh, for opportunity to move within a half game of seven. And they kind of kind of owe Dallas one. Uh, Dallas kind of smacked them in the mouth for their first game down down in down in Texas. So kind of owed them one on the home floor. It's a team that they they haven't had a lot of success again over the years, but uh, a chance to to get a win. Uh, Luke was going to come in here. Again, it's going to be on national television. I think Porzingis is – I think he, he's playing – he's been playing pretty well of late, yeah, so it's not going to yeah, be easy. I mean, you kind of look at the, the pick and roll and how teams have picked them apart. You look at that Dallas roster, and that, that could, could probably scare you a little bit uh, with, with kind of the way they play, but hopefully we get the good Grizzlies. I always talk about the, the swings that this team is going through, and they were on a really good swing, and they were kind of on a downswing here, even though they, they won tonight. We still saw some of the issues that we've seen here lately, so hopefully tonight can kind of – Catapult them and get them some momentum into a win. You got that game, and and then that starts that big seven game road trip at Chicago on Friday. 
Yep, that's the scary one, man. They, they got Chicago here. I think that they could definitely beat this team again. Chicago got better at the trade deadline. They were buyers, got Billy Donovan. And this was a team last year, uh, well, like kind of at the end of the bubble, somebody posted a uh, kind of a question, which non-playoff team do you think could be a playoff team next year? And, and I picked the Chicago Bulls even before they made this trade for Vucevic because I just felt like they have – a lot of talent on that yeah, that roster. They do. There was just a disconnect between coaching staff and players. And when your star player is not getting along with your coach, it's not a good recipe. And that's, um, you know, it's, it's bad news for all the Grizzlies fans that wanted Zach Levine to come to Memphis because that's more than likely not going to happen. Not that uh, it was really going to happen anyway, but there's definitely less of a chance of that happening now. But, uh, not going to be an easy win. You know, I think that that's in that seven game road trip that that is going to be quote unquote, the easiest game. Yeah. Know, they're, they're not so necessarily going to be an easy one anywhere. Yeah. And, and speaking of Levine, man, shout out to, to DB tonight. I mean, he so Levine had 21 points. A lot of people say, Oh, well, that's not setting the guy down, but he came in averaging 28. And I think the thing about it is I think DB made him work for, for everything he got. He, he, he worked hard. You can tell, I think, he was a little bit gassed at the end of the game. Missed a couple free throws. Very uncharacteristic of him. I think he's one of the best in the league in, in the high 80s. Um, and DB kind of made him work all night, even though he scored 21 points again. Came in averaging 28, but he was five of 14 from the field and two of eight from three. So that's good for him. That's not a, that's not a good night, especially from the field. Uh, so I, I shout out to DB. A lot of people much maligned. Uh, I think polarizing player on the team, but again, I I love his intensity and the way that he wants the fact that he wants to guard the, the opposing team's best player. I love that about him. And again, I think in on a good team, on a championship level team, a playoff team, you need guys like that. And I mean, I'll, I'll take the villain as people call him. I'll take him on my team any day. I mean, he just is a guy who's not scared to take the big shot. Again, he wants to guard the best, best player on the other team. And he just brings that intensity. Uh, that's something that they don't have from some other guys on the team. And, and he, that's a role that he feels, and, and again, I'm, at one point I would say I didn't think that he would be on this team when they were a finished product, but now I think he might be a long-term piece, even if it's off the bench, uh, as a guy that's a keeper on this team. I just love what he brings, and again, I, I want him here in Memphis long-term, and I don't see any reason why he doesn't fit. I, I think, right, especially right now, I mean, he kind of gives this team a certain identity that and bring something to the table that other guys don't bring. So again, shout out to DB, man. I'm 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 on DB Island all the way. Yep, been there, man. Not leaving. I, I, that that is my guy. There's so many things, and you mentioned you know the the things that he does. You have to have a guy like that on your team to win a championship. The the guy that gets under the other player's skin, the guy that is fearless, he he wants to guard the best player on the other team. You need a guy like that. And maybe in the future, Dylan ends up not being the guy that they need. But for me, because of age, development, everything that you're seeing from him this year, he, he's had a couple games here where he's not shot that great from the field. He, he was on that, uh, the heater where it seemed like every night he was shooting, you know, 60, you know, 50, yeah. 60, 70% from the field. And we know that Dylan is not going to do that night in and night out. But just the the improvements in shot selection, for the most part, he'll still have the bonehead moves here and there. But shot selection, his vision, significantly better this year than what it was last year. He's made a lot, you know, the, the passing has improved that there's, you know, you could just add it up, just keep stacking it up. The things that the growth that you have seen from Dylan Brooks this year, man, I, I hope that he continues to grow. You know, we're year, this is year four for him, but you know, basically year three because of injuries and stuff like that. So let him grow, let, let development take its course. You know, we, we have him under contract and I don't think it's a bad contract. Get You get two no. years down the road and you realize that he's not the fit. Then at that point, look at moving him. He's still not going to be an old player. He's, you know, he's on a contract that you can move fairly easily. I think. Yeah, I, I, I think he was really frustrated with his his play in the bubble last year, and I think he kind of took that to heart. You, and you saw it very early on in the season. He doesn't have the quite the tunnel vision that he had last year. I think 
like you say, he passes the ball more. I think that's an improvement. I also think, I think he led the league in fouls last year, and he doesn't foul out the, the way he used to. I mean, he he would him and Jared Jackson Jr. are both guys that would foul out like frequently, and he he doesn't foul out anymore. And I think he's improved there. He still fouls. I mean, when you're playing aggressive defense the way that he does, you're gonna get called for fouls. But the fact that he's been able to stay on the floor, I think, is an improvement because a lot of times he'd pick up too quick earlier than that. You had to take him out immediately last year, and that's something that we haven't saw this year. And in hindsight, I think that's a great contract. I think there was kind of some question about it when, when he first gave, gave it to him. Some people felt like it was too much money. But I think now when you look at it, I think it's a fantastic contract. And as you said, is if time goes on, if they figure out that he's not the guy, that's a very movable contract. Um, and, and if they decide they want to move on from him, that's a, that's a contract you can move. And But right now, I, I think he's a long-term keeper. Even if it's a different role, six-man off the bench, seventh guy off the bench, I think he – fits that role of the villain as you said i think all all really good teams need him, and i'm i've loved his play this year even though sometimes he gets shot happy i mean we know that he'll he'll take some bad shots at times but i think he his good outweighs the bad especially this year more than it has in the past yeah i think one thing that he i, I saw him do it a few times early in the season but something that i watched with him he would get frustrated and make stupid fouls just kind of slap at it or, you know, yeah. just, you know, a, a bonehead move where it's like, man, come on, you know, we can't afford to have you off of the floor and you could have completely avoided that. He'd make a turnover and I know that it's him being hard on himself, but just, you know, running back down the floor and foul a guy. It's, ah, oh, come on, man. You, you've got to get past that. And I think that, uh, I was trying to recall back the last time I saw him do that, and I can't remember it. But I know early in the season he was doing it. He seems yeah. to have uh, had fixed that, and that's one of the big reasons he's staying on the floor. There's, do you remember the last game that he was in foul trouble and missed any time? Really, I know that's what I was trying to think of, and it, it, yeah. it's been a while. And I know exactly what you're talking about. He he get the guy might beat him uh, on a play, and he just come back and just grab the guy on the way back, and those are the ones that you just can't have. And he 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 did that frequently last year and even earlier in this season, but he's definitely, definitely improved on that. You don't see that much at all anymore. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of the last time that he was really in major foul. I mean, he had, I think he had five against the Knicks, but uh, I mean, he was able to stay on the floor. And and that's something I think last year that you, you wouldn't see. I mean, he pick up two quick ones frequently last year. They'd have to take him out in, in the first quarter. And that's just hasn't, hasn't been the case this year. I mean, he picks up fouls, but, Again, he's able to to stay on the floor. I'm trying to think of the last time he even fouled out. I can't even remember. Yeah, I have to to take a look back, and I'll have that information when we come back with the uh, the Dallas post game. I will I'll look that up and find out the last game that he fouled out, or even you know had foul trouble where he was down around the 18 to 20 minute mark for the game. I know that it has happened this season for sure, but I I think that we're probably I'd say four to six weeks past it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely it's definitely been a while. I was sitting here trying to think as, as we were talking, and I and, and I can't I couldn't couldn't remember. But uh, again, man, uh, a game that they they had to win. I mean, you didn't want to didn't want to go go into that Dallas game on a three game three game losing streak, especially with this seven game road trip coming up. Uh, but again, man, a, a tremendous opportunity to 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 win a big game um, on Wednesday night and get some momentum going into that seven game road trip. I, I'm sure we'll. On Wednesday night after the Dallas game, sure we'll we'll look, take a look at that seven game road trip and kind of kind of break it down a little bit. I'll kind of predict which games I think that they could win. Again, I'm looking at three and four, but kind of like we said going into that that four game, I think I said two and two, but I said, hey man, win them all, go four and three, go five and two. You just you yeah. just never know what night to night with with this team. This team has shown the ability to to play with anybody. Um, and again, as of late, they played better on the road. So I would, I wouldn't put anything past them, but I think if you can go three and three and four, anything above that, I think you're, you're probably in pretty good shape. Yeah. They're definitely missing DeAnthony Melton and his defense yeah, for and sure. shooting, you know, they're missing him. So and I want to mention, I want the timeline. Yeah. Right? I kind of want to mention that. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's kind of weird because you kind of thought DeAnthony Melton was just kind of a game to game thing that he'd be back soon. But, Jenkins actually said there's a day that he expects Justice Winslow back this week, but didn't really give a timeline on DeAnthony Melton, making me think that he's probably going to be not going to be back this week at all, 
which is kind of surprising because I thought it'd probably be other way around, even though Justin Winslow has been out longer. Uh, so that was kind of interesting. I didn't expect him to be out that long. And if we've talked so much about this team and how they handle injuries, and it's kind of weird. They uh, Taylor Jenkins, I think, the, in his last media availability said that that he's back for his – Justin Winslow will be back for if his schedule returned. And it's like they have these dates that they set in mind, and they just – no matter what happens, they're not coming back before the end. That's kind of what, what I took from him saying that. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're just so much gray in that, man. You know, we, just, we get nothing. He did say end of the week, so maybe, you know, Justice is back Friday against the Friday. Bulls. Friday, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Uh, yeah. against, you know, if he's back Friday against the Bulls, we're definitely not going to see him Saturday against the Bucks. No. Um, I actually, I, I think I'd rather wait and see him Saturday. Saturday, yeah, Bucks I think that's what that, I that's, um, You know, you, you've got, you know, Drew Holiday, Giannis has still got the the knee issue. I don't know if he is going to be back. I don't know the last time that he played, but you know, Holiday and Middleton, and if Giannis is back, you're going to need defenders for those guys. And so, uh, I would much rather have Winslow available for that game just because of uh, matchups. I think that he defensively, you know, we we know what he's done offensively. Not going to dig into that too much again. He a lot of rust, hadn't played for a while. He will get uh, the pass. As far as I'm concerned, he's getting the pass pretty well the rest of the season. Uh, we get into the next season, then, then I'll get into uh, bashing him offensively if that needs to be the case. But <laughs> yeah, it's just not going to do it right now. And and I haven't heard anything on this, but I got a sneaky sneaky suspicion that Jaron Jackson Jr. might be listed as questionable on Wednesday night when that injury report comes out. I think that 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 looks like a spot to me that he could be back to nasty televised game. Uh, it's a big game, a big spot for the Grizzlies. Um, it's at home. I, I, I could see that that because I thought that he might be back on, on Sunday really against the Pacers. I, that's kind of what I thought that he, he wasn't there. wasn't there in that game. Didn't play tonight, but I could see possibility that he come back on the, he plays on Wednesday night. And if he does it, I think the beginning of the road trip could also be another spot, but I could definitely see him making his return Wednesday night. Kind of a, kind of a, a surprise. I haven't heard anything on that, but that's just a sneaky suspicion I have. Yeah, it, it would it would be great, man. That's they could get within a half game of that seven seed. And, and again, tough part of the schedule coming up. It's going to be tough for them to climb over Dallas. But you win that game, that's putting pressure on Dallas. Dallas has sure. got to, you know, if Dallas wins this game, there that gap widens. So you know, not and they'd be up too well on the season the series as well. So. You. Yeah, so it, it's uh. They'd actually yeah, win it because they only have one. Yeah, they'd actually win the season series because they only have they have one more left here. I think the last week of the season in Memphis, but they'd be up 2-0, so the Grizzlies couldn't couldn't win or tie the season series. So that that's a, a huge game, and like you said, it puts puts pressure on Dallas. Um, and if Memphis can can win that one, I mean, you again, you Grizzlies have a tougher schedule, but again, you just never know what what's going to happen uh, here down the stretch because I mean Dallas, I mean Porzingis is a guy who's had some injury troubles. I mean Dallas is. Struggled at times. They've been really good at times. So you just never know what you're going to get from. So it's a big game for for both teams and and an opportunity for the Grizz to tie it the season series with the last game being in Memphis. Yeah, I like uh, I like their odds. They they have been playing well despite the two bad losses. The the Knicks loss. I I just I think I told you I could not do a podcast that night, man. I was so <laughs> mad after that loss. I'm like, dude. I'm gonna get on there just spitting venom, and I'm I'm just not gonna do it. So I know, and they played so well at times in that game. That's what yeah. made it so tough. I mean, they they weren't making free throws, but I mean, they were really, offensively they were really good in that game at times. And uh, to drop that one, this is tough, especially when it was the they last were, game. You had opportunity to sweep the road trip, and, yeah. and you dropped that one. It was it was tough for sure. Thirteen, they were thirteen in the fourth, and and managed to lose it. And I'm just like, how? And I realized, I said before that game even, the Knicks are significantly better now than what they have been. Thibodeau has, has come in and done a great job with that team. So normally it would be like a huge bash, and oh my God, you lost to the Knicks. How can you lose? It, it's not that this year. They're a playoff team. But the Grizzlies threw that game away. Yeah. It, it was that that game was theirs to to lose, and they did. They they lost it. You cannot miss 13 free throws in a game. You're 
I would say nine times out of a ten when a team misses 13 free throws in a game that they lose. Yeah, and that's yeah. what I kept saying. I was like, they're, they're going to lose this game because it, you just can't miss the, miss all those free throws and win a basketball game against even a decent team. And that's exactly what happened. When they went to overtime, I was like, they, I knew at that point, I was like, they're not winning this game. It's just karma. It's not going to happen. And, and again, I, New York, you give them a lot of credit because New York never quit. I mean, they could have quit and gave up in that game because the Grizzlies were – Really putting them on it, put it on them at, at, at points, and they could have gave up, and they just kept playing, kept hanging around, kept hanging around, and and made some plays down the stretch, got to overtime, and and just kind of really, really took over in overtime. The, the Grizzlies kind of got punched in the mouth in overtime, and couldn't yeah. couldn't couldn't respond. When it went to overtime, I'm I'm generally I I try to be optimistic, but I was like, man, if this game goes to overtime, yeah. it's done. The Knicks are winning this game, and and that's what happened. I mean, Julius Randle just too too much down the stretch. I mean, just made some big shots uh, for for them down the stretch, and a lot a lot of guys they made played plays for them down the stretch. I mean, they just they would just start knocking down threes. They got confident, and I was like, I mean, they 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 have all the momentum going in overtime, and they they were going to win, and they were able to able to pull it out. I know that's one of the Grizzlies wish they could have back. I hope it doesn't come down to to one game for that seven seed because you that's one that you will definitely look back. It's a few that you can look back on throughout the year but that's one that'll definitely be on that list yeah you know the the cleveland was all that like that that was a terrible loss but to me the knicks loss is is above that when you when you have a double digit lead in the fourth and you just can't close it out man that that to me is it was just hard to swallow for sure before we get out of here i just want to you, you were talking about randall look around the league and this is a grizzlies podcast so it doesn't really make a whole lot but Look at the amount of talent that the Lakers had on that team that they that they moved. Just <laughs> yeah. kind of, you know, D'Angelo Russell, Julius Randle, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Man. Josh Hart. It is. I feel like they just gave up on those guys entirely yeah. too early. That team, all of those guys together, I think that team would have been crazy good. Yeah, they um, made a mistake. They they check out of chose Kuzma over Ingram. They they really missed on that one. I, I think that was kind of the, the decision that they made. There was one or the other and they went with Kuzma and because at the time it looked like Kuzma would be the better player and that is absolutely not the case but you're right, man. I mean and Julius Randle is kind of a weird case. It usually doesn't take a guy that long to to develop. I mean, Mike, I guess Mike Conley would be another guy that you kind of look at that took a, a significant amount of time for to become a finished product but it, it took him a, him a while and he's really Blossom. I mean, I, I never thought that guy would make a make an All Star team, and and to see him playing at that level this year, it, it's kind of strange. But um, uh, he he's really developed, and I think found a a good groove up there in New York. I think it's a great fit for him. And I, I know the Lakers are kicking themselves. Cause you're right. I mean, they made some 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 terrible pers- personnel decisions. If you look around the league, those guys that you just named, I'm sure they wish they could have those guys back. Yeah, and, and I mentioned that to kind of tie it into where we are as Grizzlies fans with the talent that we have currently don't give up on these guys too early. Don't get, I, I Dylan Brooks gets a, a ton of unwarranted hate. He gets scapegoated a ton. Let this guy develop. I would, it would kill me if the Grizzlies moved on from him and he goes somewhere else and he's an all-star. I don't wish bad. You know, if, if something happens, it's a business, people get moved all the time, but if they give up on him too early, and then he goes somewhere else to be an all-star. It would just eat me up. I, I see it. I think that at some point in his career, he's going to be there. I think that he's going to be an all-defensive guy. He just has that build. He has the drive. He has the want to. And there there are other guys outside of him on this team that, that you need to see develop. But try not to give up on these guys too early. We have not had the good fortune of watching guys develop in Memphis Mike Conley, I, I think, is really the, the only guy that you can say that, you know, he was not when he started with the Grizzlies as to where he was when he left. Yeah. A lot of growth, a lot of development into, you know, the, the all-star caliber player. I think Dylan Brooks has that in him. And I just, I don't want to see him give up. And then, you know, the front office has not shown any signs that that's what they're going to do. Definitely seem like they have their head on straight, but, uh, I think that we get in a hurry as fans. We, you know, you see moves in these teams that are making moves to win now. 
And because the Grizzlies have never won a title, that's what we want to see. But I don't want to be, you know, three, four years down the road. Oh, you know, the Grizzlies got in a hurry and they traded Brandon Clark, Desmond Bain, and Dylan Brooks. And now those guys are averaging 20 a game and they're all-stars somewhere else. I, it just, it's it's not a good move. Yeah, and if it much hate that DB gets, if, if they did move him and he went somewhere else and came all-star, you'd have people like, all these people asking why they trade him. I'm like, and you were like criticizing him and making him the scapegoat the entire time he's here. Now you're asking like why they traded him. I guarantee you get get some of that. But that's that's fandom. This is kind of how it works. But uh, again, I hope I, I think he's a long term piece. And I hope we see him here long term. But um, man, we're gonna we're gonna get ready to get out of here again. Big game, big game on Wednesday night, uh, 8:30 p.m. Nationally televised. I mean, we're here in Memphis. Uh, we're we're going to watch our guys Pete and Brevin on Valley Sports. But, again, I, I'm glad anytime the Grizzlies get the opportunity to have the, the eyes of the nation on them, it, it's good. I mean, they're, they're on national TV because of Luka and, and KP and all of that. But, again, you, you, that door swings both ways. When you're watching, watching them, you're going to see John Moran and Desmond Bain and Dylan Brooks and all these young guys we have here in Memphis. So I'm glad they get that opportunity and hope they get a big win to move into half a game of seventh and, uh, get some momentum going to that seven-game road trip, and who knows what, what happens out in the stretch. So I'm excited about that. Uh, we'll take a sep- look at that seven-game road trip, kind of break it down, make some predictions on that. And, man, other than that, man, I don't have anything else. Same, man. We'll get out of here. You can get the show on Twitter at HoopAllGrizz. I'm at DL2111. Isaac is Isaac underscore Rivals. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Until next time, go Grizz. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.